Hey everybody, Josh from Oregon here. If you've been listening to our show for any amount of time, you're wondering what in the world is going on right now. Well, today we have a special episode. Today we get a chance to interview Jesse Roberts from Poor Bishop Hooper. And this is the last opportunity that we have to announce our Summer in the Psalms series. It actually kicks off next week, and our conversation with Jesse Roberts, which we recorded way back in January, is our final opportunity to remind you that we'd love to have you join us in the Summer in the Psalms series. And if you weren't geared up to spend your time in the Psalms before, I know you will be now. So follow along on our reading plan. You can download it on our show notes. You can also download it from our social media page if you look for us on On the Phone with Josh on Facebook and on Instagram. So we look forward to connecting with you. But more than that, we look forward to giving you this great conversation. So without further ado, welcome, Jesse. Yeah. Hey, Josh. It's good to be with you guys today. Now, Josh from Missouri, you actually introduced me to poor Bishop Hooper just about, I don't know, two or three months ago. How did you find them? And like, I'm just so excited to be able to talk with Jesse today. Yeah, so I ran across uh, poor Bishop Hooper in an article from Christianity Today where it referenced the fact that they had finished recording a musical version of every one of the psalms. Uh, what was it back in? Was it back in November? Somewhere around there, yeah. We, we talked with her a few months before it came out, so I don't remember exactly when it, uh, when it ran, but we were, we were honored to uh, have the conversation and get to speak with them. Yeah, and, and when I saw that, I adore the Psalms. We are getting ready to spend the entire summer as a podcast focusing in on the Psalms, and I have always wanted a modern take kind of reflecting on the Psalms and I had never heard of you guys before and went straight from that article to start, to start listening on iTunes to the stuff you guys had done. And it is absolutely wonderful. I think I told you when I first emailed you that uh, I've started using it in my devotional time fairly frequently to kind of set the tone for my devotional time. Josh from Oregon, that's how I first heard about them and got experience with their music and really just fell in love with the reflectiveness on the content of the Psalms. There are a number of times I've been listening to one of their tracks on one of the Psalms and the emphasis that you guys put on one of the Psalms actually helps me think about the Psalm from a very different perspective uh, or from a different, it gives me a different opportunity to see the emotion of the Psalm better mm. or more fresh. And I love that because there's so much richness in the Psalms and it's such good poetry that getting to see it through you guys' eyes has really helped me a lot. That's awesome. That's great to hear. Yeah. We're honored to have gotten to do that project and we're on it, have honestly been shocked and amazed at how the Lord has used it to influence uh, so many people around the world. So That's awesome. You know, and, and we want to talk more about 
the Psalms project. But before we go too far, I have to pause and ask about the name Poor Bishop Hooper. There's got to be a story there. Can you tell us where that name came from? Yes. So my wife and I have been married almost 10 years and have been playing music that whole time. And when we first moved to Kansas City, we're entering into a space of playing. Um, She plays upright bass. Um, I play guitar. We'd go around and kind of busk and do a lot of live events or kind of community type events or private parties. We do some weddings, things like that. And um, just as a duo. And we wanted a name that would allow conversation or spark conversation that wasn't necessarily maybe Christian-centric in its title, but that allowed us to talk about Jesus. I mean, that's the the plain and simple of that name. And so we had a friend that we were kicking around with. He's he's played music with us in the past, and he's a part of our nonprofit and stuff, and really close to them. And he said, hey, you know, I, I've always had this idea for a band, Poor Bishop Hooper, and we had been spent, I had spent time uh, in Fox's Book of Martyrs recently as part of the kind of church history coursework I was doing in seminary. And so, of course, I recalled John Hooper, who was burned at the stake in the 1500s by Queen Mary uh, in England. He was particularly prominent in the vestment controversy, which, you know, y'all can read more about that. But And his, his martyr itself was really tragic. You know, they lit the fire and it kind of burned up his feet and then the sticks were wet and it went out. You know, so they had to come and light it again, and then the wind, it kind of burned up his legs, and the wind picked up and blew it out, you know, or whatever. It just, they just couldn't get it done, you know? And so, of course, by the end, he's, in, in some accounts, he's forgiving them, but he, he's also like, come on, you know, like, can someone get this get this job done? I'm, I'm right. tired of this thing. So it's a particularly oh. tragic um, martyr, which, of course, is an odd segue to talk about the Lord, you know, but it's been amazing how many people have asked us, what, what's the world's the name? Yeah. And what we get to have a conversation about is someone who would be willing to die for Jesus, uh, mm. that it was that it's worth it. You know, it was worth this, this life. And we've had countless conversations about it. And, and the funniest of which, actually, we were, we were on um, the news here in Kansas City promoting a big upcoming show that we were doing at this live event thing um, outside kind of a big festival thing and they had us on the news playing some of the songs well the anchor or whatever one of the news guys comes in and hey so what's with the name you know so here we are on the it's all live and we start just rattling off about jesus and you know lord and whatever and as soon as he kind of well that story's terribly morbid onto the weather and he just cut the, the whole the whole <laughs> conversation was over in a blink and he's like that's not for morning news gone you know and it didn't ever that was the end of it that was the end of the interview uh and so um, but hey, we got you know we got the name out there, so people heard. Oh my word! Well, you know, and I love that actually it starts with a story of suffering. And I don't know. I think I, obviously your your story illustrates that fact that we in America don't really tolerate that topic well, and we we try to move on mm-hmm. very very quickly. Um, yeah. It reminds me of. Uh, Soon Chan Ra, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name right, but out in New York City, when he planted his church, he started with a sermon series on lamentations, on prophetic lament, and and it was a really powerful catalyst for uh, launching his church. It's completely opposite of what most church planners would tell you to do, but yeah, there's something, I mean, genuine about lament and suffering that we all need to engage with. Well, of course, that ties perfectly with our last three years spent in the Psalms, where there are more <laughs> laments than any other Psalms. So, yes. yeah, I guess we're 
we're wired to at least have that conversation maybe or something. Yeah. Yeah, actually, that's something I'm super curious about. But so I want to get to like, how did the emotionality of the Psalms affect you? But I also want to know, like, what what prompted you to set every single Psalm to music? The Holy Spirit. That's <laughs> I the, love that's it. The sim- All right, next question. <laughs> that's the yeah, yeah, no, that's the simple that's the simple answer. Um, the long answer is so. W- right after my wife and I got married, we were leading home churches and we were worship leaders. We shared one job at a, at a church as worship leaders of this church. And um, we were doing a bunch of music on the side and we had, uh, were getting ready to have twins. Right shortly after we got married, um, we have twin eight-year-olds uh, at this point and a five-year-old as well. But at that time, um, we were doing seminary course work and the guy who was leading, who we had come to Kansas City to plant home churches with, wonderful man of God, he had a really kind of rigid practice for all of those within the the school and the staff. And it was two hours of study and quiet every morning, period. And it was, you know, no tech. You, you, you put your phones away, you put your computers away. It's, it's books and Bibles. And you just pray and read and write and do what you need to do, but for two hours every single morning. So anyone who worked at his church, like this is what we're doing. And we loved it, of course. It's, it, you know, because it, it often doesn't happen unless it's required or there's some uh, boundaries there. So right. part of that process, for me, for whatever reason, I thought, I just want to start pulling poetry and kind of uh, maybe lyrically focused poetry out of the Psalms. Obviously, they're songs, they're poems, but I got a notebook and I just started at one and started drawing stuff out. And each day, my practice was I'm going to do one, one a day. And when I had started that, shortly thereafter, there was a big kind of church shift. I think it was at like 113 or something, you know, so months later. And things kind of went up in the air, and that's a whole other story. But I took the notebook, tossed it in a box, and thought, well, Lord, maybe something will come from that. Maybe it won't. And that was the end of that uh, conversation for years. And then um, fast forward a number of years, particularly through this ministry that we do called the Golgotha Experience, which is 14 original songs based on the biblical stations of the cross. The Lord made it very clear for us that we're supposed to start a nonprofit and do this as our ministry, uh, not on the side, but let this be our focus, this music writing and, and ministering to underserved communities with music and giving it all away and things like that. And so in that process, we went through the the gamut to, to become a nonprofit uh, entity by ourselves and um, started that. And then, and this was, it was in a wild time of life. We just had our, our third child and the Lord told us to not take this job that we were offered. And the Lord told us to move and uh, the place where we had our recording studio closed. And so all of a sudden we were in this total upheaval, but he was good. He, he's just so good. And so through the years we'd been praying, every year or so, year and a half, we'd pray, hey, Lord, do you want us to sing the Psalms? And it was always, not yet. Nope, not yet. We'd pray here very clearly, no, no, no. And in July of 2019, shortly after we uh, had incorporated as a nonprofit, we were about maybe half a year, a little over half a year, as you know, letting that be our focus. My wife came up the stairs into the studio and said, we're supposed to do the Psalms now. That, like, that's supposed to be our next thing. And I said, okay, I'll pray about it. I prayed about it and thought, mm, there's a lot of them. You know, <laughs> there's a lot of them. Yeah. I don't know. You know, what are, how are we supposed to do this? So we started just praying and, and asking God for wisdom and guidance and revelation and thinking, okay, what, what could it actually look like? What makes sense? And he very clearly just said, 
do one a week, start on January 1, 2020. Like this is the right time. And so he said, okay, as soon as I, as soon as I gave my yes, then I was just flooded with the, no one's going to listen to these. They're all going to sound the same. They're, you're going you're gonna to commit three years because, you know, once I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. You're going to commit three years to this, and it's going to be a total waste of time. This is a back scratch for Christians. You know, we'd been going into, into correctional facilities and seeing the Lord do amazing things with all these people, like, you know, in the flesh. And so I thought, this is going to be a waste of time. I mean, who's going to listen? She's going to be thrown out there. You know, we don't have a marketing engine behind us at all. We don't have any money, you know, just all the things. But he, you know, just kept calming me and said, do it. So we release uh, Psalm 1 on January 1st, 2020. uh, And we're out sharing Golgotha. We were actually in Colorado in a prison outside of Fort Collins, coming back through Oklahoma when COVID started shutting the world down in March. Mm. Um, And in that next month, when you know, all of our friends, this is just a, this is just a testimony to God's providence. All of our friends, musicians, what are they all scrambling to do? Cause no one can play live anymore is create and release content. Mm. You know, that's all they can do. Go to the studio. Everyone's trying to get back in studios, you know, all this stuff. And here we are, the Lord has set up, set us up to release a song every week for three years. And then you have the people, oh, it'll be over in a month. It'll be over in two months. You know, here we are years later, all the shutdowns, all that stuff. And then we start hearing from people. Oh my, you know, testimony of a lady in in, um, in Texas. Hey, my, my daughter is sick. I have to work a job. I'm a single mom. I can't go see her in the hospital because of COVID stuff. You know, they won't let me in. And the Psalm songs are the only things that get me through in the night. Wow. I, I can't sleep unless they, whatever. And, or England or so. I mean, it's like all over the world, we start hearing from these people. So we're like, wow, Lord, it's like, you know what you're doing. <laughs> the timing of this, this is, this is insane. You know, of course you were saying no, not yet, not yet, not yet now. Um, and so we're just so grateful that it was not only a huge providential act for us as a family and as a ministry, that we had something to put our hand to that a lot of people supported. You know, we want to hear this and we want to help you do it. But also um, his providence to the world in just a, a time when, again, like, we, like you mentioned before, singing hard songs, asking questions. How long, oh Lord? You know, that was a big time question for a lot of people. How long is this thing going to be? Oh my word. Or why? Or where are you, Lord? Or have you abandoned us? I mean, all these questions. And the Psalms just sing them and sing them and sing them again. And so here we are put in that place. Uh, You know, we always tell people, like, you can't go wrong when you sing the word of God. So uh, we were grateful and thankful that he would call us into that ministry in the timing he did and in the ways that he did. And then obviously for his absolute kindness and mercy to get us through all three years without ever missing a week still shocks me. I can't believe that we did it. And most people honestly didn't think it would happen. I mean, we talked to a lot of people. Uh, Wait, you're going to do what? Yeah, okay. You know, that kind of thing. It's like, that's a terrible idea. Or you need to release every two weeks or, you know, Friday, you got to release Fridays, not Wednesdays, whatever it was. All these people, you know, strategically, it made no sense. But by the hand of the spirit, it, it made sense. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. And I'm I'm so curious if we can zoom in a little bit. What was the process like of going from a psalm on the page or screen of your Bible mm-hmm. all the way to something that you're releasing? What is that process like? Yeah, um, and definitely page. You know, for us, definitely mm-hmm. pages. We read them read them a lot and in different translations which kind of myths some people. 
that it's not all one translation, but for us from a creativity standpoint, it was very vital that we looked at a lot of translations. Um, we also very early on decided not to go real deep in the commentary realm. One of the things that it made us do is be quick and efficient and not second guess choices. Uh, particularly on the recording, production, and mixing side, you don't have time to, oh, I think it, maybe we should do this, or, oh, and you change this. Nope, I got to get the next one out. So, uh, which is really, really beautiful and kind of um, sanctifies the process because we just have to trust the Lord that what he's given us in that moment is the right thing. Um, there are plenty of them that I listen to now and think, ah, oh, I wish I would have done that different, but it's nice to be able to take that off. You know, I was in a like a touring rock band for many years before we did this, and I remember being in the studio and second guessing everything. And you're going back on, well, what about this bass note? Like, change the one bass note, or this or should it be the root or the fifth or whatever. And going back, like, well, that snare hits too hard, or you know, you just go, go, go. And the one thing this project did was it didn't allow for that, which was really freeing and refreshing in a lot of ways. Um, but process wise, we would go, we would read it. A lot. So my wife and I on it often would do the early creation side of it separate. So she would be reading, I would be reading. We'd start to draw out melodies. We'd start to draw out, you know, hey, this one. And, and a lot of times, the the text itself informs the the feel or the vibe of the song, obviously. Um, and so you you start to read it. You read it again. You read it in a different translation. We prayed a lot. Some of the really long ones, we'd say, because we were. Uh, just for everyone who's listening who doesn't know, it's not a word for word, and it's not every verse. The goal was to communicate the the entirety of the Psalms, like themes at least, or theme if there's one, but we did not feel like we should be beholden to every verse. And so some of them, you know, the, the Psalm might be 12 verses and we might only sing three of them mm-hmm. um, because the, we felt like in the moment in prayer that those three captured what the Psalm was trying to say or the Psalmist was trying to say through God. And so... We would sit sit with it a lot. And um, to be honest, very, very few times did we go back and kind of restructure or rewrite the melody or the song itself. Usually it was the first thing that came uh, was the right thing. And what was really amazing too is that there would be seasons where I either was real busy with other sides of it, whether that was mixing and producing the songs or busy with other things. You know, we were still sharing the Golgotha ministry and we have this Advent ministry first called Firstborn and all these other stuff. If there were times where I was either, you know, didn't have time or had no energy to create, that was often when my wife was like on fire. She'd send me these texts, you know, she'd bring this note up. Hey, I just did number 19, 21, 23, you know, like I got five <laughs> done this morning. Like, yes, this is awesome. This is right what we need. Um, and then vice versa. There'd be times where she's like, I just have nothing coming right now and I would be on a roll. So we didn't stick to chronological order exactly. Obviously, we released them chronologically. So there was, you know, we weren't working in the hundreds right away. But every once in a while, we'd wake up and the Lord would say, you need to do read 143 this morning. And we're only at 50, you mm. know. Okay, that's two years away, but I will. Oh, and it came together. So that stuff did happen for sure. And and But generally, it was kind of a, a broad chronological order, lots of reading, very, very little time spent in commentaries because we just had to trust that the Bible would speak for itself and not try and infuse uh, humans. Not that it's bad. We love commentaries, um, but not trying to infuse other people's thoughts into it. Just let it stand for what it was. 
Yeah. Um, and let the Bible inform the Bible. You know, the how many times the Old Testament stuff is coming into those Psalms and then prophetically in the New Testament. We definitely would look at that. But does that kind of answer the question? Oh, absolutely. And I, and I got to tell you, okay. so many of those decisions that you just referenced, the decision not to go word for word, the decision to uh, sometimes just choose what feels like the main piece of the psalm, those have made, for me at least, your work a really wonderful conversation partner. As mm. I read the psalms, there are a number of times even that I've listened to one of the tracks and thought, huh, I know this psalm. That's not the part I necessarily would have picked. Mm. And then it, it draws me back to the scripture and it lets me actually see it through your eyes and be like, oh, that's fascinating. I see why they landed here. So even like mm. it's drawn me back to the Psalms in the printed Bible a host of times as I'm trying to explore. Clearly, you guys took the time to be meditative and therefore whatever decisions you made were made with purpose. And it's just been fascinating for me. I feel like I'm in this three-way conversation with you, the Psalms, and me, and I have loved it. Um, mm. That's awesome. Yeah, and I got to say, you know, your decision to not use commentaries and just to trust the Holy Spirit, clearly this was a Spirit-led endeavor from the outset. And so there's a lot of, you know, just trust that God has got this project. So I, I love that you guys did that, but also that you know, study and commentaries is is something that, I mean, you talked about your seminary experience. So it's it's not as though you came to the Psalms completely uninformed. It's not as though, mm. you know, study was unimportant. It just wasn't the thing you were going to do in that moment. Uh, you were going to rely on the study you had already done and the Holy Spirit's guidance as you came to the Psalms. And trust that he's got this project. So I just love that whole process. I just think from start to finish, that's amazing. Yeah. And, and it's, it's awesome doing it with my bride. She knows the old Testament so incredibly well. So a lot of times I would lean on her on these specific, you know, whether it was names, I wasn't quite familiar, you know, I, I know where that is, but not, you know, and she, Oh, well that's this, 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 and this, you know, and, and then how often, I mean, it makes me think of uh, 51, uh, David with Nathan and Bathsheba, you know, and, and she wrote that one. And I remember she brought it up and played it to just on the piano the first time. And I was like, whoa, I was undone at that one. And of course, when we know the context of what is going on there, it illuminates that so immensely. And even the way that she chose to write that, the part, it's kind of that moving piano part, um, slow, you know, mm -hmm. slow, but also like painful. There's some, there's like a painful thing in it. And I remember her doing that one and, and just thinking, wow. That, so yes, it's definitely better. And we did not come at it with, oh, I don't even know, you know, I don't know anything about all of these songs, but I'm just going to sing them. But yeah, it, it was a fun, it's just a, it was a fun and sweet and beautiful time. Oh. Honestly, we, we, we miss it. The, you know, someone's like, are you guys so glad to be done three straight years? Yes. You know, praise God. But man, it was so good for us. Like it was so good for me personally to have that, that diligent discipline of it doesn't matter if I'm sick, it doesn't matter, whatever, like we're doing it. It's coming out and it was, it was really, really wonderful. Man. Well, we've kind of danced around it. We've talked a lot about the emotionality of the Psalms. I would love if you wouldn't mind diving into how did the emotionality shape the way you put the Psalms to music and how did it, how did it affect you 
personally to really, I, I mean, obviously you were putting yourself into these Psalms or allowing them to get into you. Um, mm. Talk a little bit about the emotionality of the Psalms, if you would. Yeah, the, it's it's been a very interesting journey because particularly the timing in life and the first two things that came to me, uh, came to mind. Um, I remember we had just done a funeral for a friend of ours, a pastor from India, who came over to uh, do ministry in early 2020, and he got stuck here because of COVID. He came here every year in in February-ish time. Um, This wonderful, beautiful man of God who loved the Lord, had his family back in India, had one daughter going to college here. He got stuck here with COVID, ended up getting COVID and passing away. So in, I think it was in the summer of 2020, we, we, we did his funeral, and his daughter was there, and the rest of the family, you know, Zoomed it, you know, all the people back in where he's from. And I remember Leah had done Psalm 23, or was we were doing it. And, and the time, the timing is interesting, but I remember she came up to the studio. A lot of times, um, so we have all these kids, and uh, so a lot of times we work in the studio when they're asleep, which during every song made for long nights, and there, definitely it was difficult, but it was beautiful. And she came up and she sang Psalm 23, and it's funny, those really famous ones, famous, I don't know if that's the right way to put it, the well-known ones that a lot of people quote, or the psalms that we know we know and really love, other people's songs of those psalms, we're hard sometimes. Because mm, you're sure. like, well, there's like a, all I can think mm. about is this Misty Edwards version of that song, or this whatever version of that song. Yeah. And then the other ones are like, oh, well, people are going to, we got to, and a, most of those really prominent ones, we stripped way down and just did it as a piano. But Leah had written 23 and she came in and she sang it in the studio. She was doing the vocal in the booth. We had a little booth in this closet and I was sitting out there and I was just undone at the end. The end is that you know, she sings it, surely your goodness and your faithful love will run after me every single day of my life and I will live I will live in the house of the Lord. And I just remember being in, this, in the situation, in the timing of everything, I was wrecked. She was hardly keeping it together. And so if you listen on that recording, in the end of it there, it's really fragile. Her vocal's extremely fragile. Mm-hmm. And it, she just like hardly kept it mm-hmm. together through the thing. And she was like, that was too weak. We need to take it again. And I was like, no way. Like, that's the one. <laughs> you, won't, you, we can't, you won't replace it. You won't replace it. it will, nothing you do will be more honest and pure than that. Yeah. So we kept it. And at the same time, then a couple months later, unrelated, we had a family in our in our home church whose three-year-old passed away in his sleep. No illness, went to bed, totally healthy, everything was fine. They woke up in the morning, he, was, uh, he wasn't there. And so the pastor calls me and says, our pastor does, Adam. Adam says, hey, Jesse, this guy's been listening to your laments. And he says it's the only thing he can listen to right now because mm. the you know, the stuff, stuff on Christian radio, he's like, doesn't do it. This victory Ugh. stuff and whatever, like, I, I can't have it right now. He said, it just makes me want to throw up. And so he's like, w- he asked if we would come and do a night of prayer around lamentation through the Psalms. Mm. Because, you know, Adam said, I don't know anyone else who sings songs like this, you know, that are biblical. So we did. And, and here again is another moment where the Psalms give light to emotion. It's the truth of God. It's the truth of the scripture beautifully put, and yet allowing us to step into any space in life. There's no space that it won't speak into. Yeah. And it allows us to, to, again, like we said, ask those difficult questions. It allows us to say, I feel totally abandoned and not have to answer it with anything. You know, mm-hmm. I, we, we always go back to 88. 
Psalm yeah. 88, where there's no turn to hope at all. That's like the only one where there's it just darkness is my only friend, done, period. <laughs> right, yeah. right. And, yeah. and that's in there, and that is okay, you know? Yes. And so when we went and did that night, they, uh, we talked with the parents afterwards, and he's like, you know, just grateful that, you know, thank you that you've allowed me to sit in this space with, with the Lord. We know that it's with him. It's not aside from him. We're not crying out of an abyss. You know, he's distant. He's there. But it's allowed for all of this emotional capacity that I think oftentimes, like you were saying, Josh from Oregon, <laughs> uh, that the present church either has a hard time with or looks over or chooses not to engage with or engages with very shortly. You know, oh, okay, we'll do one little thing on it and pass it by. And I think that's one of the gifts of the Psalter. And then everything in between, you know, for, for us personally, it's taught us to do a way better job of remembering our story. You know, how many, all the remembrance Psalms around Israel's story. You know, remember this, remember this, remember this. Mm. And, and the Lamentations, of course, and then the pure praise, you know, these kingship Psalms that both point to Jesus as king, but also inform, you know, Israel's kingdom and how we can apply all those things. It's just beautiful. It's beautiful and it's fun and it's it's glorifying and it's good. So mm. that's so good. Yeah, there are so many times I've come to the Psalms and been given permission by the Psalms to think or feel something that wouldn't feel spiritual if mm. it weren't in the Bible, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not sure I'm allowed to nope, it's right there. I'm just quoting. It's okay. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, and I'm well. People people asked often, particularly on the around the smite my enemies type passages. Yeah, you know, let the women be barren. Let you know, dash their children on the rocks. Those kind of things. Mm-hmm. You know, Babylon. Ah, you know, and like we had a lot of questions. Like, how can you sing that? You know, and we would turn to like God is a God of justice. Yeah. His desire is against sin. He longs for righteousness. We can't forget that because it might not seem all the way palpable all the time to our current Western culture. Yes. And, and it's important you know, we, that we didn't skip around a lot of those harder mm. passages. And there were times where honestly, it's like I have a bad taste in my mouth singing this line. This is difficult for me. But what do we do? We go unto the Lord and say, Lord, shape me. You know, form me how, how I need to be formed. Let me look like you look. Let me hate the things you hate and be okay with that. Well, and that, man, those, ex- those passages, the like smite my enemies ones, came into sharper relief for me. Probably about 12 years ago, I was pastoring an inner city church. I was meeting with a woman. She had a history of abuse, being abused. Mm-hmm. And those passages meant something to her and gave her permission to engage God with her story in a way that really sitting with her helped me understand those passages of the Bible better. Mm. And I was so grateful for her willingness to share her story with me and to share the way that the Bible was intersecting with her story. Um, But, you know, you used this phrase a moment ago that you were kind of letting it form you. And I'm curious, now that you're at the end of it, and you, if you look back, what are some of the ways that you see that the Psalter did form you? What are the kind of the key takeaways that you have from the project as far as its formation of, of you as a person? Yeah. 
permission is a big one. God's clear and present permission to go before him with any feeling, any struggle. That's a big one. I have definitely grown in that. And in a, in a worship leading setting, permission in a worship leading mm. setting. Like I said, I mentioned before, we pastor a home church and uh, we just sit at a piano and I, you know, we don't write set lists and whatever. We just sing to the Lord. But man, how many times do I might have something in my mind or I might have prayed or oftentimes it's my wife. Leo will come down and say, I think we need to do this today. And uh, okay. And then people show up and we have the conversation before we kind of all start going in our living room. And oh my goodness, you just had a friend pass away. Oh, that's perfect. You know, um, and so this this permission to do the hey, it, it might not look like it, we think it should, from a worship leading perspective. It, it gave permission into that space. It gave permission into my personal space uh, in, in prayer and uh, meditation with the Lord to say, hey, I need to be I need to be honest with you. These are really mm-hmm. honest. The psalmists are honest, mm-hmm. brutal. If 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 we read Christian leaders' journals. Today, would they look like that? You know. Um, also, you know, a massive increase in gratitude for the comfort and lack of persecution I've seen in my life. Mm. Whether it's David, you know, in the cave, um, whether it's Israel in Babylon, whether it's there's just a lot of people have had really hard goes. I mean, disregarding air conditioning and things like that, I've had a really easy go and so instead of taking it for granted turn it to gratitude and and be grateful you know we the kids and i we thank god all the time you know i was telling the other day it's like we eat better than king david ever ate Uh, every day that's nutritionally taste like all that stuff we eat better we live better than him in all of his glory and all of his his you know the the big fortresses and castles and all these things they got going on our house is better today than he would trade it you know the kings all the kings of the earth in that age would trade it to, you know, have running water you can just turn on, you know, when, oh, I want it warm. It's warm. You know, it was just grateful and gratitude. And, um, but it's been, it's been so good for, for so many reasons. We're really thankful God asked us into the project. Ah, man, that's so awesome. I feel like this whole conversation to this point has just been a plug for read the Psalms, read the Psalms, read the Psalms. It'll change your life, uh, which is just awesome. And in fact, you know, we mentioned earlier that we as a podcast are going to be reading the Psalms together with our audience over the summer. We're going to be doing a summer in the Psalms. And I would love if you have, I know you didn't use commentaries in the shaping of your, of your songs, but do you have resources? Do you have advice? Do you have something that you would recommend to our audience as we engage the Psalms together? Yeah, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, we have a friend here in Kansas City. His name's Matt Candler, and he is a uh, teacher at IHOP University, uh, the International House of Prayer. And We've befriended him over the last few years. Wonderful man, knows the Psalms, man. And what one of the things he's doing right now is he's tying, or he's doing a really beautiful and amazing job at just tying the Psalms to Jesus in ways that are fascinating to me. And so I think his website is thepsalms.org. But everything that I've seen him doing and and is is just fascinating. And I'm like, whoa! I never, you know, I never thought that. And the, you know, he's diving really deep into prophetic fulfillment stuff. 
and what they mean in the narrative of the whole Bible and things like that. So that's kind of my first like resource. My wife has, I can't remember the main commentary set she uses. I, I tend to, to go to Spurgeon just because it's beautiful. Uh, man, Can't go wrong there. Uh, so, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, but yeah, we didn't, I don't think I have a ton of like, check out these Psalms resources and maybe that's, maybe I need to get more into looking at that stuff, but. Well, I mean, I, obviously, we're going to recommend that our listeners check out uh, your Every Psalm project, because it is such a, a great conversation piece, as, as Josh just talked about. So you mentioned earlier, Jesse, that you've made this whole project available for free, that you guys run this nonprofit. It's a ministry. It's an opportunity to engage the church in worship through song. So how can our listeners support your ministry? Where can we go to monetarily show our gratitude for what you've done with the Psalms Project. Mm, yeah. Th- thank you, Josh. Um, it's uh, it, everysalm.com has everything on it. Soon it'll have all the core charts as well. We're in the process of creating a Psalter book um, that's available both digitally and in like, a hard copy. But it'll have chords. You can download all the music for free. You can listen for free. Um, there's videos there. There's some um, like other content that you can check out, but that's the easiest way. There's a giving tab there. We're a 501c3 nonprofit. So from a tax purpose, if that means anything, if that helps people, um, but we're just grateful at the very beginning, the Lord made it very clear that he's going to give it to us and we better give it all away. Mm-hmm. And so anything that we have is available to anyone for free. And, it's been amazing to watch the Lord provide for us in that and in, in doing it that way. So we we don't sell the music and obviously it's on Spotify and Apple Music and st- if you're a streaming person that obviously helps us to stream it but also downloading for free or, or listening on the website for free is a, is a great way to engage with the music and we just had a good friend of ours kind of rebuild the site so it's very searchable now. You can search by lyric or you know theme or different content by author all this stuff you can find the ones you're looking for and we're excited about hopefully that being a resource for people for a long time. But uh, everypsalm.com is the easiest way to jump on and kind of see that thing. And then it also redirects to poorbishophooper.com, which is kind of the the hub for all the all the different ministry projects we're doing and will be the hub for whatever's coming next. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, I'm curious. You know, you said the whatever's coming next – do you have any sense of what that might be? My wife has enough ideas for the next hundred years. Um, <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> so we, yeah, we would we would love to do you know Exodus. We've got this whole idea through the trees of the Bible, so songs on the, on different trees and how those are important. One of the ones we're kicking around is um, so we did a this thing called Golgotha, which is all the end of Jesus's earthly life. We've done firstborn, which is the beginning of Jesus's earthly life. We're kicking around a, an idea of kind of the centrality, the middle of Jesus's earthly life through the lens of all the passages in Matthew that say, uh, as it was prophesied or as the prophecy was fulfilled, he did this. Mm. And so that's, I think, you know, maybe the next one coming out uh, later this year, but lots of ideas. We're going to trust the Lord. We're going to say, Holy Spirit, what do you want us to do? And we'll see. Hopefully he doesn't say Proverbs or <laughs> something, but if he does, we'll do it. Um I had a friend the other day call and say, hey, man, I had a dream last night that you were setting every verse of the entire Bible to, to music, <laughs> so you better get started. And I said, no, you know, unless the Lord gives me that dream and affirms it 20 other times, that ain't going to happen. So. <laughs> yeah. 
Maybe, maybe that can be your, uh, your heaven project. When you get to heaven, yeah. that, that yeah. can be what you, what you do there. Because that sounds like it would take sounds a, good. a few weeks. Uh, a few. You might have to like arm wrestle ASAP or something. I mean, I feel like uh, there's yeah. competition up there. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jesse, this has just been awesome. Thank you so much for coming and sharing your story with us, sharing this music with us. So Josh from Missouri and I, we end every episode by just sharing a brief thought of something that we're thinking about right now. It's usually not connected to the rest of the podcast. It's usually just something that's very current. It might be from a book. It might be from just whatever. So I'm wondering, do you have a, sh- a thought? Like, what are you thinking about right now? I've been deep in Leviticus <laughs> the last couple of days. That's awesome. And yeah, and I have been shocked uh, at a few things. One, just the position of the priest and all they do. You know, they're kind of like the, you know, in the last chapter, they're doing the home home valuations. You know, so it's kind of like they're the home appraiser and they're the doctor, you know, checking if it's leprous and they're ministering to all the people and they're the butcher, you know, they're like cutting up all these animals. Just how amazingly well-rounded the priests were expected to be in the service of the people. Just thinking about the priesthood of all believers, just praying that I I hope that we as a people who love the Lord can be well-rounded in the way we serve his people. Not that we don't have focuses, not that we don't have certain things, but man, Lord, teach me if I need to know how to, you know, help someone physically heal, teach me how to do that. I don't want to, I don't want to close it off purely because I'm not a doctor or something like that. So that was one. And then honestly, the, the Jubilee years and his willingness to, to give it back, you know, to be merciful uh, even when we make foolish mistakes and, you know, he doesn't even say it like that, but that's even when we, we make poor choices, mm. uh, I, I'm, I'm so grateful. And I think I'm, I'm stepping in there and learning how to walk in gratitude in better ways from Leviticus of all places. That's awesome. Yeah. So good. Well, man, again, thank you so much for being willing to take the time with us. It is incredibly inspiring to hear kind of your journey with the Psalms and what that has been like for you and uh, what you've taken away from it. I am excited to dive into the Psalms, excited to dive into your music even more. Uh, So thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Oh, thank you guys. It's been an absolute delight. God bless you on your ministry, and uh, we hope to talk to you again soon. Thanks, Joshes. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye.